we want all movies to stop. They already have stopped. In fact, these reviews, they're unfair. They've they're stopped. Unfair. They've stopped for a very long time. These so long. Movies, these great movies of our nation. <laughs> They've been stopped for so long. They've been stopped. We need. We need, we need listen, are you, listen. Are you listen, preferring China. to be called the Trumpkin right now? China. The Trumpet. They've China. been stopped Trump-a-file. for so long. No one even knows what a movie is anymore. You know, I speak to this guy the other time. He says, do you even know what a movie is? You know, I, he was, I, I, was this great director. I His name's Ridley. Great guy. He went to film school. I don't, My I dad don't. knew him. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, we joke, but like I don't remember the last time I was actually in a movie theater. What do they look like? What's the inside of a movie the last theater? Time Our I people was in a movie are theater was so last far, June. So far away from the movie theater, they they can't even see it through binoculars. Get these theaters reopened. <laughs> Okay, let's this stop is a fraud. Wait, wait. While we're being distracted by what's going on in the States, our glorious leader named Brian. <laughs> yes, that Brian <laughs> is what's a up, joke. Brian? <laughs> like, I wish I could curse on air again. But he, but he looks professional, so it's okay. It's okay. He looks professional. Yeah. He looks professional. Now Don't even get me started with the healthcare fingers. workers. Pointing oh, fingers. Unless it's those darn millennials going those to bars. Those darn millennials going to bars, even though bars have been closed See, for how long now? I live with someone who works in healthcare, and do you know how frustrating it is for them to hear, we need volunteers in healthcare mm. after you Maybe. just cut them. I was them. so mad Maybe when you said that. If you hadn't defunded it for the last eight years straight, <laughs> we wouldn't have this problem. And that's like, I saw Kaya's post on Instagram about like everyone stay at home. And Mm -hmm. I was like, yep, this sucks because I don't even know if I can come home for Christmas now. Yeah, we're bordering on, we're more than 2,000 cases right now. 2,000 active cases. Yeah. But now's not the time to be pointing fingers. Except for all those millennials, <laughs> it's so. So what? No, what is? No, what's the story on the millennials? The millennials are causing the spread. Apparently, apparently it's all our fault. Yeah. Why? No, 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 no. no. What, you know who we should point our fingers issue? at? No. Who? The people not wearing masks. Yeah. Oh yeah, guess who, which age group the people who don't wear masks belong to? <laughs> hmm. <laughs> I'm just saying it's not the same people who are struggling to get a job. <laughs> So yeah, this is the kind of stuff that makes the dystopian in the movies that we watch look like tame. Mm -hmm. Oh, they only have robots that want to be people. (laughs) Oh, how tame. They said we have people that behave like malfunctioning robots. (laughs) Mate. Let's start the show. I'm just saying. Mike's already said it. Starting the show. Welcome to the Northern Critic Podcast. I'm your co-host, Sam Shinobi. Uchi defund the police in Walker. Michael Novakshinov. I don't have a political one. I was looking for it, but I couldn't get it in time. <laughs> and Pam and Shark. <laughs> this is our 43rd episode, actually. So we're, we're digging in. <laughs> we're, we're almost at our half-life crisis. Half-life. Half-life. <laughs> Midlife not- crisis. 
I would say yeah, overall, this you. this has been Half Life is slightly different from <laughs> That's very different. <laughs> I'd say overall, this is been. I'm on day. A... Yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Twenty five of twenty nine, working straight. I'm very tired. <laughs> <laughs> it, sound, it shows. Yeah, it shows. We can tell. So uh, you should be like me, Pamela. As I've told people since Monday, I have enough alcohol to either celebrate or get alcohol poisoning. <laughs> no in between. <laughs> Fortunately, hey, Uchi, celebrate. I have no paycheck. I can't afford alcohol. <laughs> Thank God. Yes, but guess what? Every building now no has paycheck. hand sanitizer. Uh, that is gross. That is absolutely Don't disgusting. Don't do it. He's absolutely disgusting. What's that British TV show? My Weird Addiction. <laughs> there was someone who was addicted Ooh, yeah. to hand sanitizer. Oh, no. That hand sanitizer has. No business being going in your mouth or anywhere else. I was gonna else. say yeah. that People would put rot your insides and eat holes in your guts. Ugh, no, that's gross. Anyways, uh, yeah, no. Time. Over, I was gonna say, 2020 has been quite decent for the podcast, at least. Like we're we're, yeah. doing, we're doing fine. This is the only happy thing in my life now. No, we're <laughs> <laughs> doing great. This we, right we've been doing. Neoliberal has won the U.S. presidency, <laughs> and that's the good news. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, so just breaking in, we are reviewing Blade Runner. Uh, I guess I didn't Let even go just breaking in. <laughs> just breaking in. Uh, <laughs> um, yeah, no, we are reviewing the original Blade Runner that came out in 1982. 86? Is it 82 or 86? Some year. Yeah. I believe 82. it's 82. I was going to say, yeah. if this came out in 86, it was going to be a love child yeah. between Star Wars and yeah, Terminator. It's 82. <laughs> Okay, and then that, technically, because we watched the final cut, which was released in the 2000s, I think. Mm-hmm. I think so. I don't know. It's a mess. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, the Northern Critic Podcast, for those who are new, is a film review podcast that looks at audience or host handpicked films based off of plot, cinematography, casting, and style. All of the review points that we give are based off of our opinions as your hosts. And our guests on the show, usually, if we have a guest or two. Today we don't. We but would, but because of someone named Brian. <laughs> <laughs> We're in lockdown again. We're in lockdown, yes. <laughs> we cannot have a guest, unfortunately, I at see, this time. This whole lockdown is really going to throw a wrench into our 50th episode, which is fall, supposed to fall during Christmas, because we are all going to record together. But Yeah, that's, in- that's going to be an interesting time. I don't know. We'll have to figure that out. Christmas is like what three weeks away? So don't no, don't worry. Uh, Christmas is canceled. Kevin, Only seven weeks away. Yeah, Christmas where, where is canceled. What world do you live in? <laughs> oh my goodness! Uh, so on this episode, we are reviewing Blade Runner, uh, the original 1982, a science fiction film directed by Ridley Scott, and written by Hampton Falker and David Peoples, uh, starring Harrison Ford, Rutger Hoyer. Sean Young and Edward James almost almost uh, it's loosely based on Philip K Dick's 1968 novel do androids dream of electric sheep that's interesting to say the least <laughs> it's like what was that guy on when he named that book I think it's it was the those, 60s don't worry about it books that was sort of yeah, good point what would an AI think? I guess would it think at all? Yeah, is it actually just totally deterministic, or Mm -hmm. and etc. etc. Yeah, 
Um, Blade Runner is very popular, so for those listening in, if you don't know much about it, uh, the film is set in a dystopian future uh, of Los Angeles in 2019. Which surprise, means it's surprise. set in Los Angeles. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> It's set in LA in twenty. Well, at the time it was nineteen eighty two. So, in which See, synthetic... I love how movies have images of what twenty nineteen and twenty twenty four would look yeah, like. That was and last we're year here for us. Twenty twenty, so... and it's like <laughs> it looks nothing like that. Uh, I, mean, I mean, well, it's pretty dystopian right now, it, kind of. But in a, on this sort of to take that more seriously, the tech path that technology has taken definitely wasn't what they expected no right? no it's mm-hmm. be well i don't want to say nobody but smart flying phones, cop cars there's no flying cars but cell phones are they way even different conceived at that yeah. point right nobody even thought that he was still using a, a pay machine to make phone calls yeah. in it too which was we don't do that anymore i know so <laughs> that movie did not this movie did not age well in that sense no um but Retrofuturism is a thing for a reason, and mm-hmm. it's kind of an endearing genre in its own right. So, yeah, I, I can see that too. Mm-hmm. And to be honest, um, yeah. So the film set in LA in 2019, in which synthetic humans known as replicants are bioengineered by the powerful Tyrell Corporation to work at space colonies. So essentially, space slavery. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when a fugitive, say that's a theme that was in Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, also in, uh, I guess, Zendayan, what, Hollywood Boys, um, new movie coming out too. Uh, Dune? Dune, yeah, Dune. there we go. Except Dune is a precursor to this. Yeah. yeah. I, is it? The book yeah. is very old. Oh, it's okay. It's one of the yeah, fathers probably. of science fiction. Okay. Uh, <laughs> um, when a fugitive group of advanced replicants led by Roy Batty... Uh, escapes back to Earth, burnt-out cop Rick Deckard, which is played by Harrison Ford, reluctantly agrees to hunt them down. Um, It initially underperformed in North American theaters, um, polarized critics, essentially. Some praised its thematically complexity and visuals, while others critiqued its slow pacing and lack of action. It later became an acclaimed cult film, regarded as one of the all-time best sci-fi fiction films. Uh, nailed for its production design depicting a decaying future Uh, Blade Runner is a leading example of neo-noir cinema Uh, the film's soundtrack was composed by Evangelis and was dominated in the 1982 BAFTA and the Golden Globe for best original score as well Uh, what is its Rotten Tomato score actually right now 90 some percent 91 or 90 Something like that. Yeah. Um, and I would like say it. Yeah. Uh, one of the key components to this movie was the Voigt-Kampf mi- uh, machine or the Voigt-Kampf test, where basically that's a series of questions yeah. that the Blade Runner, who's in charge of tracking down replicants, uh, the bioengineered people, um, has to ask them a series of questions and based off of subtle tells, like their eyes dilating when they're answering the questions or stuff like that, the Blade Runner or Hunter would be able yeah. to tell if they're a replicant or if they're a real human being, right? So, which I guess that was one of the things that kind of made this very interesting. Uh, it also coined, this film also coined the term spinner, which is the generic term for fictional flying cars. Mm-hmm. Uh, so spinner is a thing Apparently. that people say from time to time as well. I've heard that one before. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> a spinner movie. can be driven as a ground-based vehicle and take off vertically, hover, and cruise much like a vertical takeoff and landing VTOL, right? So 
Yeah, pretty much. I have a lot of hot takes for this movie, so yeah. I'm gonna let someone else. <laughs> Can I go lead. first? Can I go first? I feel like Michael, you and I are gonna be on the same page. Yeah, Uchi, Uchi looks way too excited. I'm excited because <laughs> oh, I'm coming out swinging. The oh. problem is because you sent me that podcast, so I've been radicalized again. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. All right, <laughs> Sam, are we going to initial thoughts? Yeah, initial thoughts. Let's do it. So, in my opinion, this movie has two main themes. The first theme about what it is to be human, right? Because you got replicants, mm-hmm. replicants. You have the replicants. The question of like, after four years, they gain emotions, and at that point, become dangerous, right? Because that's the thing. Emotions mm-hmm. are apparently dangerous. Like you're not allowed to get angry, Michael. That's free will. Yeah. <laughs> so like emotions wreck lives. <laughs> <laughs> Yes. Facts. <laughs> Facts. So, <laughs> so the fact of the matter is this idea of like what it is to be human. I don't think the movie touched upon it enough for my liking. Like it's like a little sprinklings across the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Like oh, we can detect the replicants because they don't answer like humans, so they're not really humans. Yeah. But after a while, they get they to be human, human emotions, right? And like the whole concept of like. They develop emotions that are different from humans, which then questions how, as a person, are you supposed to react to stuff? Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. If, like, say, this thing makes 5% of people angry and the last 5% don't get angry, is that 5% no longer human enough for you? I think that's, that's, isn't that part of the question that the movie's asking the audience to ask themselves? Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But I feel like you didn't touch it enough. Okay, and it brings in a whole like psychology aspect of like different people who've experienced have different life experiences respond to things psychologically and different than other people. Like you get triggered by different things, right? Yeah, yeah. It's honestly, it struck me as like really sort of amateur armchair psychology. Yes, pretty Mm -hmm. much. Um, Mm -hmm. And I wasn't a huge fan because then the next point is like the one replicant that has memories. Yeah. It's only now human. So does your humanity be t- is your humanity tied to your memory? Also, question and for never you guys: upon. Are we are we reviewing this in a twenty twenty sense or a, oh yeah in a nineteen eighty two sense? No, I'm, I'm re- re- okay from both angles. Okay, I'm gonna tell you from both angles because okay, originally say if I hadn't watched all the other TV shows and movies I've watched, it could be really good, but I've seen Westworld. I've See, seen I Am Legends. Answered- my answer to your question, Sam, is were any of us alive in the 80s? Did we experience the 80s? I don't think, no. no. I don't think none of us were, so we <laughs> neither of us were born in the 80s. Yeah. 80s point of view. Mm-hmm. But we can sort of comment on the fact that it was first, right? It was a, one it of the first forerunner to a lot of really great media. That like, we today. Yeah. yeah. And so, like, let's not forget, too, there's the second one that came out in 2016. Yeah. And well. that will actually shed some light. That will be a good compliment to this mm-hmm. yeah. episode. So, in that sense, it failed in not establishing enough of questions of humanity. But now, from a more radical point of view, this movie is a movie about slavery with no people of color. (laughs) (laughs) Also facts. Yes. (laughs) Also facts. I did not see a single person. I saw white people and white people. There was a few Asian people, but that was it. 
So apparently, in a future version of LA, black people don't exist. In twenty, in a twenty nineteen version of LA, they've been sent to space colonies. They've yeah. been sent to space. Co- we've been replaced by robots who happen to be white. <laughs> you are the robots overlords. <laughs> subscribe to this future. I subscribe to this future. Oh, so like goodness. it's also again a movie about the idea of slavery and whether it's right or wrong. Newsflash, it's wrong. <laughs> but like. Oh, it's 2020. Apparently, I have to clear that up for people now. Yeah. <laughs> it's wrong. Hey, <laughs> if it's 2020 and you don't agree with Uchi, there's something seriously wrong with you. I mean, I don't know what you're talking about. I see spinners outside every day. I don't know yeah. what you're talking about. But, so. my, my point is, it's a movie about this idea of slavery, and it doesn't touch on it. So, by the end, it kind of feels like the end of this movie. All these like ideas and concepts of something that could be grander not touched upon and then at the end you have some dude doing backflips and jumping across buildings to save the main character and you're just left at the end of the movie being like huh i think that was supposed to be good well because the yeah i mean uh, when we get to my my initial thoughts i don't know if are, are you positive or negative on this movie this uh okay, i don't i'm like I, lukewarm I'm, I think for me, I, it's kind of put me in a weird spot because the first ever Blade Runner I saw was the second one. Okay. And then I saw the first one after that. So this is my second time seeing the first one. Okay. And obviously compared to the first time, so I, I feel a little bit different about it. Um, I do agree with the critics' like complaint about the slow pacing because oh, yeah. twice yeah. I've watched this movie and twice like during the marathon of the middle, I've like closed my eyes a little bit then opened them up again so yeah. <laughs> so that definitely did happen to me but again it it's just me being like i understand why it's so sacred to people as a science fiction film because yeah. again look watching this and it was made if you compare it to like all of the other movies made in the 1980s mm-hmm. this is actually pretty good yeah. like oh, visually yeah, and everything good right for the 80s exactly i want to clear this up right now as a movie this is still like a six out of ten yeah right mm-hmm. this is not necessarily a bad movie yeah and i appreciate the ambition mm-hmm. and following things i'm about to say uh, <laughs> <laughs> may lead you to think that i'm going to give it a little bit of a lower rating um <clears throat> Yeah, so I was actually writing stuff down as I was watching this movie, okay. right? Um, and in sort of order of progressing through the movie, I was really impressed with the cinematography, mm-hmm. if I'm being honest. Like, this movie was good to look at, despite the sort of the janky retrofuturism. Yeah. Which, I mean, it doesn't bother me. It's kind of neat. It's interesting. It doesn't need to necessarily reflect what today is, because it's an alternate timeline, yeah. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, no one, in, no one yeah. back then even knew what today would look like, I know, right? so, so you can't really expect much more. And the one thing I didn't like, though, was sort of the synthwave music. Oh, that, yeah. I, that yeah. just, that really made the movie yeah. feel dated. Um, and it didn't even sound mm-hmm. good, in my opinion. But then people back then thought it was good. I know, right? but so it's... I, I think we've established that and... people of the 80s had terrible taste. <laughs> I was going to say, the, it like set, I feel like this set the theme for 80s movie music. Because, I mean, Terminator uses the same style music. And when did Terminator come out? 84. Oh, oh I guess that's true, actually, now that you mentioned that. Yeah. yeah. So I guess my prob- my biggest problem with the movie, though, is that it isn't concise. That's really what it comes down to. Like, you touched on that, saying the yeah. drag in the middle, and it's it's way too long. Mm-hmm. I haven't even gone to the acting yet, too. I, I, know, I was going to say, <laughs> yeah, I, like, I wasn't sure if the acting was intentionally janky I haven't for even the gone androids to, the acting yet. to 
like make them make us think oh mm-hmm. they're not actually human the or love is... arc oh. so fast oh god so so fast oh, yeah. was... that fight scene i forgot about that <laughs> there so was brutal. no development whatsoever for that love scene <laughs> What, what do they he call the robots? basically forces again? her to Replicants. kiss him. Uh, Replicants. And Replicant. then that's it. You're a replicant. I hate you. You saved my life. Let's have sex. <laughs> okay, before we jam- jump into like Pam's spot, that was a bit too rapey. Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it was. That's what I said. <laughs> it was just like, like he blocks her. But again, the tell 1980s. You, tell me you want me. So. Like, like the yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I I don't know what to make of that. Ironically, I'm I was watching sure. this with my roommate, also named Michael, and we both looked at each other like that was a bit rapey, wasn't it? He was like, yeah, it yeah. was. It 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 was weird. That's just how I I'm gonna put it. Your voice, rapey. It was just, it, and then also, I didn't even get to that part yet. Even mm-hmm. towards the end, the other female replicant and how she was behaving like chucky for some reason and the whole that's what i'm getting at yeah that's that was the point i was going to touch on uchi was saying like the slavery metaphor i was more looking at it it's the movie goes are replicants human and it pretends to be all deep and philosophical Mm -hmm. and then they completely undermine their point by having these replicants act like animals for lack of a better word right Mm -hmm. it's just it, it completely undercut itself, and I couldn't take the movie seriously as a result of that. So I really did not like that. Um, the acting was a little janky. I wasn't sure if that was by design or not. So, Because mm-hmm. Harrison Ford did a good job, in my yeah. opinion, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So <laughs> hit or miss. Mm-hmm. Um, what else did I have here? I did not buy the romance. We just talked about mm-hmm. that. Um and not since not much happened in the first 50 minutes. Yeah, that's, a, that's like, exactly what I'm saying. It's, it's, the I marathon of the middle was just... They were just... trying to establish a tone, mm-hmm. but they spent 32 minute, three minutes too long. Yeah, with the, with the fish scale that turned out to be a snake scale. That and this meant is a... nothing. So snake skin, which then leads into the next yeah, replicant. Was, that just... And who here's he the one killed. that annoyed me the most. It's that he's... The Blade Runner. He's this dangerous man who hunts down he got super beat up the entire replicants, time. <laughs> and he just gets a, gets kicked yeah. to half the death. Which half the again, time. I'm not gonna spoil the second one, but they do fix that. That's issue good. In That's the good. Because um, the second one just all all guns firing in the beginning already. The so. point. My point is, it did not establish him to be this awesome action figure that he was supposed mm-hmm. to be. The the story told us he was, and then did not show us him anything doing. Being remotely competent at his mm-hmm. job, right? Um, so, here's how I'm going to put it down. Who remembers why he ended up at SF Sebastian's place? He got a phone call from the Tyrell dude. Did he? So, yeah, I called him and, like, something's happened. We, we have reports of something happening in Sebastian's house. So, that's when he headed yeah. there. It was like a phone call in the car. Was essentially, the I don't say that's stupid, but that's stupid. Plot was just mm-hmm. sort of but scattered. Then that kind of a thing too. It's like, okay, you've told the Blade Runner there's a problem, but then the cops, there's just one cop car, and the one cop car is just like surveying the area, mm-hmm. and it's just like, oh, I'm just gonna have this one cop car fly around the building and just let the one Blade Runner just go in and deal with like three replicants by himself. Yeah, you know, it's kind of like, with it. it's kind of like, okay. D- we need some more 
it, some more something. You it know? felt like the movie just wasn't thought through. Yeah. But it kind of got away with it because the visuals were really good for the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the ideas were new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. Also, all those all, replicants were. They were really scary, for lack of a better term. Oh, oh, that's my point. They were oh. they were quite scary. So. They, uh, they asked the they seemed to ask this question: Are they human? And then the movie firmly said, "No." But that's it. But then part of I, I know part of like what people within the Blade Runner like fandom talk about is mm-hmm. oh like in the original Blade Runner for instance which is this one um, you know could, could it be that Harrison Ford's character like that the actual Blade Runner is also a replicant but he just doesn't know twist. or stuff and like that I, I mm. looked into it after and apparently that was sort of like the, they wanted it ambiguous mm-hmm. but personally that the ambiguity did not work because first of all there. they showed him being useless the replicants were awesome <laughs> so that told us right away yeah. right um, it's just and as a twist, it would have felt cheap because it's just too predictable, mm-hmm. right? So, mm-hmm. yeah, there was, I mean, I guess that's to tell you that action scenes back then weren't the best. They were pretty pathetic. Yeah, because even the, the the female replicant, the backflips, and it's like, oh. this is un- unnecessary, but okay. Wait, can Pam do her initial thoughts? So yes, Pam, go ahead. Scene? Sorry. Yeah. Just waiting for silently. Um... So if this movie had come out in 86, I would have honestly said that it was a love child between Star Wars and the Terminator. But knowing that it came out before Terminator, I can't actually say that. Um, this is the first time I've seen this movie all the way through, and I wanted really hard to like it, and I just couldn't. The acting wasn't great. And, I mean, and that's putting it lightly that the acting wasn't great. Considering, apparently, Harrison Ford, this is considered Harrison Ford's best role of his career. I'm, like, who judged this? Because even Harrison Ford's acting was lackluster. Um, The cinematography was great. um, Visually stunning to look at. The costumes are very much significant of their time. With the uh, shoulder pads upon shoulder pads upon <laughs> shoulder pads. Um, the dystopian setting was good, but kind of disjointed. And I felt, feel like it felt disjointed because it was that uh, future neo, or what's it called, retro futuristic look. And it's, it's like, I'm trying to judge it not from a 2000 i'm trying to keep in mind like that it's from the 80s Mm -hmm. um but yeah it just felt a little disjointed and just overall the whole plot was really slow i watched this movie and no i cannot remember almost anything that happened in it i remember tyrell's eyes being out and the horrible love interest thing that is it there wasn't really much of there was yeah yeah it wasn't particularly impressive there was no impressive moments for sure mm-hmm. that was a no, huge part of the problem no like i can very much see how this cult film how this has become a cult classic yeah 
Because also, like, yeah, I don't know. Because even towards the end, it just felt dragged out as well. Because yeah. Yeah. the replicant like was, was just playing with him long. the entire time. Yeah, and, and just... it, it, that's another thing. It's like, oh, it's a human. Oh, now he's howling like a wolf. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, right. That... What is this? I forgot about the howling. The only thing I can I really feel like about... it was huh. a bunch of writers in a room that there was no. I don't want to say cognitive direction it was just let's throw the ideas into a think tank and hit the jumble button and see what it spits out yeah i can agree with that Mm -hmm. but again it's like at the time it was probably like oh my god this is amazing you know so see the only thing for me that i can probably understand what is going on is because of westworld Mm -hmm. where you have the hosts uh degrading like slowly breaking down, right? Yeah, that's the only thing I could probably think about with these replicants with their four-year last plan, right? Maybe at the end of the four years they start going crazy and start making animal sounds. <laughs> and okay, I need to talk about this. She ha- what was the name of that host? Another uh, host replicant, Rachel. Which one? Pia. There's pre. Pre. Yeah. Pre. Pre has. Well, you about to hear something I really enjoy. Pre has his head. Trapped between her thighs, right? <laughs> she twists his head. Twists it around, and I'm like, "Oh, she's got him!" And then she drops him, runs across the room, and then starts doing backflips and gets shot. I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, that was why." That was a real head scratcher. <laughs> and from that moment onwards, the movie stopped making sense to me. Yeah, I know, because that's where I was like, it felt like the replicants were just trying to toy with him at that point. Uh, yeah, but it's, why? Replicants yeah, hey. are the big dumb jocks. Apparently. And that's what Apparently. it felt like to me. Like they could do all these super amazing stunts but, but and things, but like, they don't think their I feel actions like at through. At the same time, we're kind of missing. Well, I don't know. Maybe oh, we're missing a lot. I feel cause... like we're missing something because I, because f- the fact that the main I forget Roy didn't yeah. kill him at the end, like didn't just let him fall off the building yes. and die. But why? I'm guessing the replicants didn't want to kill him. They just wanted to yeah, yeah, Sam, Sam, push him. But why? And here's because Deckard and the replicants. Deckard and Roy Let's put it that way yeah. I don't remember them Interacting in this movie Once No This movie had too much Soft So I'm like mm-hmm. That's really Why fun. does Roy See the need to Spare Deckard's life Because It's symbolic In the movie Or I don't know I could probably I, It's some um, It gives them Humanistic traits there, Yeah there's too much Like But why uh, What makes Deckard special I get Roy killing Tyrell You wanna know What makes him special It's because he's Harrison Ford yeah. Sure. I mean, the narrative the is power of main character narrative at that point, right? It's well, with this movie's symbolism needs to work out this way, so we're gonna have the plot do this, even though it doesn't make sense for the plot to do mm-hmm. this because it sells sort of like the underlying. Good evening, and while we're on our break, we will like to tell you uh, where to find us. Um, you can find the Northern Critic podcast on Instagram which is at Northern Critic UMFM. Again, that's at Northern Critic UMFM, where you can find uh, basically our social media following and a lot of stuff we put up every now and then per week. Uh, We're also on Twitter, 
which is northern underscore critic. Super easy to find. You can find us there too. And we do have a website, which is www.northerncritic.com, where you can find a full roster of all of the films we've reviewed, plus an online shop where you can get cool merch. We've got awesome hoodies, super awesome sweatpants, and much more, including iPhone cases, Android cases, stuff like that too. You could even get yourself a mug. Hey, I'm a writer, and when I like to write, I use a mug of tea, coffee. Well, I mean is better but that's just me anyway uh thanks for listening in and stay tuned let's get back to a regularly scheduled program i understand that if someone explains it to you it's but it strikes me as the same level of oh why were the curtains blue because <laughs> the curtains well, are blue, blue. <laughs> <laughs> it has nothing to do with his emotions at the time or that English grade eight English analysis nonsense, like ugh, that's I, I have contempt for that. <laughs> Sorry, that's the I learned how to make a proper story without symbolism before you work the symbolism. The in. one movie I, Jack, I can or actually think without of soft right now. Symbolism. <coughs> <Yeah>. oh, <laughs> choked on your water. <laughs> Chew my water. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> This movie's broken, Michael. Oh my goodness! What <laughs> Yeah, no, it's it's crazy. I do know that with this film, the director's cut was released in 1992, so ten years after. Uh, a strong response to test screenings at at a work thing, I guess. This, well, at his work thing, I don't know. He basically screened it. People loved it, so he did a like a full cut, a director's cut, and that's the one we watched right now. No, right? we didn't. We watched the final cut. Was it the fi- it wasn't the director's cut? No. It was the final cut. Okay. I know we did watch a cut of something. Uh, so, um, the film was very popular as a video rental, if that changes much about it. Um, oh, so the final cut was released at, at, at its 25th anniversary. Uh which I guess what's twenty five years after nineteen eighty two? That's two thousand and seven. About then, right? Yeah. So, like, I guess the one we just watched was like released in the early two thousands, which kind of See, makes sense. And I don't know. I kind of don't like the whole idea of that. It took them twenty five years to release a final cut. It's like I understand creative differences. But at the same time... Just move on. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, the one thing this reminded me of... I know, Michael, you might have seen this at some point. Do you remember, like, The Island with... I saw it when I was, like, yeah. 12. So that's kind of similar where, like, real-life humans like us would pay the company to make replicants of us. Yeah. So that way, if we ever, I don't know, get into an accident or something and we need blood or organs or stuff like that, yeah. you just harvest your replicant that's in the lab right Mm -hmm. and then it's like well are those human as well or are they not human and that was the thing in that one personally i think it's a tired question in general Mm -hmm. because and i uh how do i say this inoffensively it's that these movies they're asking the big questions but that's not that's not inherently cerebral Mm -hmm. having it trying to answer it is uh more ambitious right yeah but blade runner doesn't seem to intentionally answer it 
it accidentally does with what it shows us, but mm -hmm. it was it very clearly... It just brings up more questions. Yeah, so, and Westworld... Westworld what... did different, because Westworld... I thought the answer to Westworld was they're not human. They're not human, mm -hmm. and to me... They're sentient, saw, they're sentient, but they're not human. They're not human, and when I saw that sequence with Maeve where the computer is oh, showing her train me. of thought as she's thinking... That was like, amazing. That was a deeply disturbing sequence and i loved it mm. because in that character's eyes she went holy hell i am not actually a human being mm -hmm. right i i am not like them and that it had the nerve to answer the question mm -hmm. and i really liked that and but blade runner just didn't do it and uh, neither did or i don't know did, if the, i, I mean or I did it did. But the fact that they were going crazy at the end. You know but what? So not, that's where I'm kind of like... It's literally answered. Okay, the problem with Westworld a lot because of the fact that they never answer, they answer the question if they're human or not. They're not human. But then now it raises the question of like, okay, they've established they're not human. Do they now care about the human race? Yeah. And that's why it broke out, right? And that's why I loved. I haven't actually watched past season two, so I don't know. Mm -hmm. Season three is pretty good. I really like it. Because okay. I'm like... But like, it's also the same thing with, say, iRobot. The, mm -hmm. the Will Smith one, right? Yeah. Where at the end is like, the robot is like, I'm sentient, but I'm not human as well. Mm -hmm. Do I care about humans? Yes. Do I want to see them go extinct? No. You know, so it answered the question there. Yeah. So wouldn't it, that kind of come down to like, say, animals, for instance? Like, would you say animals are sentient, but not humans? Yes. yes. You know what I animals mean? Animals are, are yeah. Yeah, sentient. I think mm -hmm. the problem with a lot of these movies is whenever you deal with especially robots mm -hmm. you always ask the simple question is it human or is it sentient yeah it, mm -hmm. i feel like every time a series or movie goes if the is it sentient it's an easier more satisfying answer mm -hmm. what's the question like because it's based on human doesn't make it human that's where you get trickier because now you have to be like what makes someone a human yeah you really got to dig in and get deep, and a movie struggles to do that. This movie in particular did not even get close, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, there was one more movie that I want to bring up, one something else, some other form of media mm -hmm. that asked similar questions, and it's escaping me now. It came before Westworld. Um, uh, it's No, it's gone. Because keep in mind, if this one is breaking us, the second one... Is just <laughs> no. This one's not breaking us. I just okay. don't like and so this how it's okay. Because I'm like, I'm gonna say the second one just like episode. really yeah. pulls on this one. Like it, 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 it takes this one into a grander scale. No, no, if, it, if it scales it up, I think that's a good thing. Yes, mm -hmm. right. Because as I kept saying, my problem is it didn't do it enough. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. It needed to lean into it more and to really understand the message it was pushing. Mm -hmm. um, and I say this a lot on the podcast, but it legitimately just felt half baked. Yeah. Right. Mm -hmm. It's this is you had some cool ideas floating around, but you never really took the time to think about them to do your research. They weren't developed to their full potential. Exactly. And I don't know. Maybe media today is just better. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, I I, I would imagine so. Right. Yeah, like it, media would improve over time as well. It, it certainly has. But evolved. I mean, hmm? you also have to look at it as a sense of like, how did movies come out in the eighties? Maybe there was a dozen movies that came out or two dozen movies that came out in a year, whereas now is like there's a dozen movies in theaters every month or every two weeks, <laughs> yeah, right? Theaters. We're pumping them out at different rates. So I think that has a bearing on it. But right? also at this point too, the amount of like I wanna say the amount of 
investment that's put into films now has also drastically yeah. changed since but then. But it's not like these ideas didn't exist at the time because mm-hmm. the golden age of sci-fi or traditional sci-fi at least was asking these exact same questions and all these right. books like Dune and uh, I can't remember the uh, basically that whole generation of science fiction mm-hmm. was sort of doing these cerebral exercises and as a result the characters are actually awful because the books were all about the ideas and right. not about the characters and the stories mm-hmm. but my point is these ideas existed and were fleshed out long before this movie was created so I don't think this movie is allowed to get away with it mm-hmm. because keep in mind this movie it cost about 21 million dollars to make I'm which is a lot that. at the time okay. it was a lot at the time yeah his <laughs> And I, maybe I'm comparing this movie to Star Wars because Harrison Ford is in both. And, like, Star Wars came out, like, the first one came out a few years before this one. And that one was so much better thought through and produced compared to this one, right? So, I mean, I guess time frame shouldn't really even have a bearing yeah, Star on Wars it. Oh, hot take. Sure. Hot take time. I... Don't think the original Star Wars trilogy is that amazing. I, I really enjoy it. I love the Star Wars movies. But I don't think they're perfect movies. In my opinion, oh, God, no. extremely no. campy. <laughs> extremely. Yeah. They are a product of their time like yeah. this movie is. Like this movie. So like, if the original trilogy came out today, I'll probably be out here ducking on them as oh, well. We would have roasted it to high hell and back. <laughs> and like, that's, that's my thing with this movie as but well, right? Think about Blade it. Blade Runner. Think, I yeah, want to... Roast it completely because I've seen stuff do what it's Blade Runner is trying to do better, but also recognize that Blade Runner came out in the eighties, mm-hmm. and that kind of gives it a bit of a cushion, right? Yeah, because yeah, that's that's what I'd say. Like, think about if Force Awakens or Last mm-hmm. Jedi came out in like nineteen ninety five, even with effects dialed back, it'd exactly. still be crappy movie. movies. Exactly, you know what I mean? Like, it wouldn't be as crappy because if it was if that came out in like nineteen ninety five, people would be like. This is the best sci-fi film of all time, you know. Yeah, like, I, I mean, like, well, look I at mean, the original. Look at episode one. Actually, you know when what? episode one came up, you were praising that movie. The best. Yeah. I was just gonna say, it's I like think of this. when episode one came out as opposed to the original trilogy. Everyone was so pumped about episode one, two, and three, even though they were horrible, because it was the first Star Wars movies we had seen in about twenty years. Yeah, I would. Same even thing say that's happening even now. To dial it more. Does anyone remember the very first Fox X-Men movie and how people were got went bonkers oh. over that? Oh god. Now going yeah. back to watch the original like Spider-Man movies. Exactly. The original Spider-Man. Yeah. Oh my god. That's swinging? That's swinging? Exactly. Oh my god. But back then, people like literally there's videos like uh, there's even like TikToks of people going way back mm-hmm. and like Spider-Man 3 when he puts on when he wakes up on a building as Black Spider-Man like the Venom yeah. thing. And people were like See, going crazy, like they were watching a sports game, you know. So it's like even I back remember then, it was girls to them having, it was great. You know what I mean? He, Sorry, I yes, remember girls having posters of the Peter Parker Mary Jane kiss, where he's right, hanging exactly. upside down on yeah. their bedroom walls. So that was it. But now we go back and watch her like this. This is not good. No, <laughs> you know? media has definitely matured a lot, um, even in the last twenty years. Never mind the last forty some, right? Exactly. So last eight years, yeah. like a lot's changed, and like that's why, like again, Rose's movie. Because I'm like, oh, it's 
not finished ideas, but I still recognize that these are the ideas from the time, right? And like me being like, oh, that like no people of color in the movie. It's, it's the '80s Hollywood. Yeah, like I wasn't expecting people. That of would, color. Yeah, I mean, I, but I, like I'm not gonna fault it there. I, it's that's just the era, right? You kind of gotta just factor it in. It sucks, but it's a, like one of the craziest things is like I know everyone's just gonna be like, "Oh, Uchi is like a liberal college student, right?" <laughs> You're just a liberal college student. <laughs> but I remember in Don't high school watching liberal. what's that movie, The Breakfast Club, right? Mm-hmm. I love that movie, right? Mm-hmm. I finished university, I go back to watch it for the first time in like five years, right? And I'm watching it, and I'm like, "Yo, there's a lot wrong with this movie." A lot that is not okay. I uh, but I still love oh, it. I feel I justified in hating that movie when I saw it for the first time ever. So, <laughs> so we talked about this one cost twenty one million to make. Yeah. Meanwhile, the second one cost between one hundred and fifty and one hundred and eighty five million. Yeah. Okay. Like, you keep saying twenty one million. Twenty one million was a lot of money in the eighties. Oh, that's true. I guess. What's, yeah. I it, it's gonna come out to a hundred and some million. If you want yeah, from the eighties. Oh, 100%. I say it's called inflation. <laughs> That's when like minimum wage was at two dollars an hour or less. Oh yeah, <laughs> I guess so. Oh, right. I I always forget there was and a time there was a when... period of hyperinflation as well. Yeah. Um, I was gonna say, so... do you guys want to know? Like, I think Uchi, you're the, you're the closest one in age to me, right? No, so it's Michael. Me. So I think it says okay. one million dollars in the 1980s is worth three million dollars uh, now. How much did the movie cost to make? Twenty-one. Twenty-one. Yeah. So th- it'll be about two hundred and ten. Uh, it will cost fifty-one million dollars, or what else? But yeah, fifty-one mil. In fifty-one million. Era, yeah. Today's money. Okay. Which... So we're, we just brought up the topic of minimum wage. Quick. Yeah. My first job when I was like first legit paycheck job. I remember making starting my minimum wage was eight dollars an hour. Um, I think. I see. It, it kind of sucks because my first job I was paid twenty one. Um, I was a lifeguard, so <laughs> this guy, I can't really some comment white on that. privilege. Ooh. It's called being able to swim. Uh, I can swim. <laughs> oh, just because I'm black, you figured I couldn't swim? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> So I lifeguards would. get paid through the nose. When we I worked do. as a lifeguard, oh, I got we yeah. had a union. <laughs> That's why we got it. Wait, wait. My favorite thing, I was talking with someone the other day, right? And, my, and they're like, oh, why don't you guys have a union where you work? And I was like, we'd be fired. <laughs> we'd all be fired. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, oh, Anyways, I'm backtracking to the movie here. I kind of forgot, lost where we were. We were talking about... What were we talking about in terms of this movie? Oh, how much it costs, like, yeah, 21 million. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. How much it is now? And honestly, uh, this... A $50 million movie? Mm-hmm. What movies came out to this year, or last couple, that were 50 mil? Uh, I'm trying to... Tenet, maybe? No, Tenet. That Tenet, come on! That would have been higher, but... <laughs> yeah. Because this did kind of feel like a cult movie where you could get away with a lot of... Uh, I don't know. It's not... Just not very many special effects, but just enough to sort of make an environment for the movie. Right. And that's kind of what this Blade Runner did, right? Mm-hmm. There was a couple sequences where they show flying cars, but it was, for the most part, pretty grounded. So so I, I'm trying to look up movies that did cost about that. Okay. Right? That's Extraction. what I'm doing as well. Yeah. Extraction. The you movie know? Watch, watch. Oh, apparently Looper. 65 million. Okay. Lo- apparently Looper was about 50 something million as well that I don't sense. know if you guys ever saw Looper Looper was decent was actually a pretty good movie yeah 
Lucy, but we don't talk about that movie. It was also about Clint Ooh, Eastwood. that movie was special. That, that's also another interesting sci-fi movie because that one's about, you know... Man, yeah. Lucy you, had that really dumb concept I hate. I it's hate like, that. Why if your brain can use more than 10%? What if all three lights on the stoplight were running at once? <laughs> yeah, useful, ain't it? It's not how the brain works. Uh, Maze Runner was about fifty something as well. Really? Yeah. Um, fifty Shades of Grey for some weird okay, reason. Okay. Anyway, so moving on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just we're just trying to compare. A joke. Just trying to compare movies with Spy Kids was about fifty something million. Spy Kids was also from 2001. Yes. Uh, I, I mean, if you just for Karate Kid as well. The one with Jaden Smith. Oh, we don't talk about that yeah, but apparently it cost about twenty something to fifty million. So, so that one was there. Um, I'm trying to see what else. I think that's like most yeah. of the ones that. It kind of gives you an idea. It's not like Avengers, but. I feel like we're talk- doing what this movie did. Playing the middle pool of black. Yeah, seriously. How much time do we? Got? I mean, uh, <laughs> is there anything we can really touch on? Uh, we have forty. Oh, sorry, we have forty-five minutes. We have about ten minutes left. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I guess we could just actually wrap up and just yeah. do the final thoughts. So over here on Northern Critic, we rate and review our films using a coordinate system: north for good writing and south for bad writing. In a similar sense, we use an east for good cinematography or style or all of that stuff, and a west if all of that was bad. So a movie that had good writing and good cinematography would be a northeast whereas a movie that had bad writing and bad cinematography would have a southwest and everything else falls in between uh and so here's the problem yeah go for it what if acting and cinematography are on the opposite end <laughs> 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 because That's i true. really did like the cinematography yeah. see here. see at this point i would say for since this is a unique case just toss out yeah, the thing all together and just gonna, explain i'm just gonna get this out of the way right now yeah the acting sucked <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I have to bring that up. Do you remember the scene with, was the replicant's name? The one that had human memories. Uh, Rachel. Rachel. Mm-hmm. She walks up. It's expensive. I'm Rachel. Wow. Seriously. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> the oh twist is that she isn't a replicant. Yeah. <laughs> I low-key would be amazed if that was the twist. How can you tell that these people are replicants? You have to do this long visual test. No, you just look them in the eye for about three seconds, and you can tell by how stilted they are. Yeah, it's I don't know. Uh, all of that was just I don't this, even like the bad acting. I, I, were they? Did they go to the? Did actor? we even did talk they... about the dude who made like bioengineered like his toys and stuff like that? He was just awkward. He was just awkward. He acted well enough as an awkward guy. I guess yeah. so, yeah. Right? I guess And that's so. kind of why I'm going, like, was it intentionally made stilted? Mm-hmm. Because some of them are very stilted. Some of them are really weird. Yeah. Because Pris and, then Harrison Pris and Ford Roy is just kind were of both kind of weird. Yeah, but Harrison Ford was just kind of normal. Like, it wasn't his best performance, mm-hmm. but he seemed fine. Yeah. So when these replicants are acting, like, strange, I'm not sure if the actors are just bad or if the actors were told to behave strange. Strange, right. Remember so, Rachel starting to cry? No, I don't actually. Yeah, because she's just standing there, and then, like the one single tear, and like, is 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 that you supposed to be sad? Ugh. Like it, you've just figured out your whole life is a lie, and you're a replicant, 
And all you get must to me is a single tier. A single tier. That J.K. Simmons rant, please and thank you. From Whiplash. <laughs> oh can't say goodness. it on air. <laughs> Jeez. Well, I'm just going to tell the audience from, from my perspective, it's good cinematography. Everything else is kind of lackluster. Yeah. But if you were born in 1982 then maybe it's okay. I'm kind of looking at it as like now when I guess we're seeing the second one for next week, but us seeing that one, that one is one of the like Hollywood visually stunning, like top top of the line, yeah. right? So also I'm like, yeah, also I'm like in 2049, we're, we're probably all going to be in our 50s. If the, if the world still doesn't look like that at that time, I don't know. So, <laughs> so if we still don't have flying cars in 2049, I'm going to fight somebody. So. <laughs> I don't trust people to drive flying no, cars. No, no, I don't. We need self-driving cars before we get flying cars. Um, oh, anyways, goodness. to ratings. Uh, I, I'm, I've just, I just did mine. Okay. So. Uh, yeah, I'm going to. Just, just rapid fire. Them. We don't have yeah. to waste time with them. Uchi, I, I'm throwing. I, I don't know because the cinematography is amazing, but the acting is trash. Yeah, just say that. Average. The tra- the, the plot is a little low in my opinion. The plot is, it's very. It seems average, just it's basic. Weird at the end. Yeah. Yeah. That's oh, it got. Weird. The plot points and the themes are. I can't believe that you bring it. The themes don't are not finished. I appreciate I ambition, but when it's half baked, that's still a fail. So what we're saying is that the plot was a fork. It just had a straight line, and then just. <laughs> <laughs> that's essentially what happened. With no end to either of the prongs. They took the cookies out of the oven too early. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Pam, you want to say something? Cinematography, visually stunning. Yep. Shoulder pads scream 1982. Not to Everything hair. else should be balled up, lit on fire, and thrown into a dumpster. Oh, my goodness. We might have just angered a really healthy fan base for Blade Runner. Yeah. <laughs> we recognize why it's an amazing fan base, right? Yeah. I don't care. <laughs> no, me neither. Yes, so I guess Pam just did her part. And I guess, Uchi, are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Yeah, yeah. We, all, I, we all really don't know what to... That's... Yeah. yeah. So basically what we're saying is Blade Runner... Go check it out if you haven't seen it. It's not good through today's lens. It's, and no. I'm not qualified to tell you what it was back then. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. If you have two hours to waste, go watch it. <laughs> yeah. Even no, if it's just much. to be informed culturally. Mm-hmm. Right? Because it, this... It, it, science fiction is like one of the most incestuous genres there is. Mm-hmm. It draws from itself so much and continually iterates and expands on ideas and it is worth going back to sort of see the forerunners to what we have today. Right. Because it is this... Westworld was so clearly inspired by the questions that Blade Runner tried and failed to ask. Mm -hmm. Um, And who knows, maybe we wouldn't have it today if Blade Runner hadn't sort of given us the the sort of proto-idea, right? Yeah. So, yeah, that's that's all I got. It's... Honestly, you know, because Blade Runner came out in the 80s, I definitely see this influencing Ghost in the Shell, the original, not mm-hmm. that Scott Johansson atrocity, <laughs> but like it also has those same ideas of like what makes you human, and I think it did it better. Well, it inspired a lot of things. That it inspired a now, lot of so. stuff. Yeah. So that's why I'm like, that's why I'm, I don't want to completely dunk on this movie because I recognize it inspired everything else, which quest tackled the yeah. question. It better. has its place. Well, it's kind of past. It, it's kind of like one of those things where it's like a village in. 
I don't know, in Maine turned into a country of, yeah. of America, you know? So it's just one of those things where it's like something small. I mean, it grows, right? So yeah. it's like it just developed into something more now. And it might develop into something even more later on. So yeah, this is what it is. Um, all right, cool. We don't really have to... I guess we could just jump into Rex, but we don't really have to do the instagram or twitter yeah. stuff because i've already pre i pre-recorded all of those okay, already so you don't have to keep doing it yeah. but yeah um recommendations i sunk uchi with this one earlier today but Indeed. i'll say it again um if you're a political wonk like i am and thoroughly disgruntled with the results of the election no matter who won mm-hmm. um as i think i've made it clear i thought trump wasn't exactly mm-hmm. thrilling but mm-hmm. i'm not happy that joe biden was the nominate nominee either <laughs> Go listen to the Bad Faith podcast with uh, <laughs> Brianna Joy Gray. It's she's got some hot takes and actually gives an outsider's view on sort of U.S. politics, and it's really refreshing to listen to because she really is able to criticize the Democratic Party's failings without playing into the Republicans' hand, mm-hmm. right? And there's not very many people that were doing that mm-hmm. up till today so it's an important voice and if you want something like that give it a listen it's fun yeah she awesome no punches oh. Oh, and she's spitting fire constantly so mm-hmm. that makes it great <laughs> she stands firm and stands proud that's what i'm hearing uh, no, no, I, I, don't, no. I can't do a very good bernie voice but <laughs> <laughs> i really need to work on my bernie impression yeah all right cool so I'm going to do a cult classic recommendation. I don't remember if I recommended this before. Um, go watch The Crow. It's from 1991 or 92, I believe. The Crow. Uh, really good film. I enjoyed it at least. So if you like the types of movies I like, then you'll like The Crow. But it was a big part of my teenage angsty emo kid phase. <laughs> Uh, at that animal. stage, right? Yeah. Um, <laughs> I will recommend. And also, Brendan Brandon Lee's last movie. He was killed on set. No. Wow. Wow. Oh, that took okay. a dark turn. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, I guess I'll recommend one that we might probably actually review at some point, to be honest. Uh, and that is Room, the one starring uh, Brie Larson. Amazing movie. Go check it out if you haven't. I believe it's on Netflix right now. Um, I think it, it got nominated for a couple awards too. Um, so go check that one out too. It's essentially about her as a mother who was kidnapped while she was pregnant and she had the child in captivity and she and the child break out and escape together. That's literally the plot. And it just, things unfold very nicely. And it's called Room because they're basically Isn't that based trapped. off of real life events? Yes, yep. uh, kind of, yeah. Yep, so And they're literally trapped in, again, Room, which is why it's called Room the entire time. So it's pretty cool. I just OG Ghost in the Shell. I think it's the second time I recommended it, but I think you really did ask that question well. Of like, what is it to be human? Mm-hmm. And like, I enjoyed that movie. I think it's really good. It's got like this amazing like three four minute cinematography shot of like Hong Kong animated. Such a great shot. Mm-hmm. And yeah, Ghost in the Shell. Go check it out. All right, cool. I guess that's it from us. So yeah. go have a lovely Monday. Hopefully at this time, uh, Biden's won. (laughs) Or if it's Saturday, hey, we're still waiting. So, Um, but yeah, thanks for listening in, and we will catch you guys next time. Peace. Bye.